0: The Jetsons was first produced in 1962, was actually set in 2062, so we have 40 years before it's all supposed to come true, apparently. And so, this news. A car that can transform into a small aircraft has, in fact, passed flight tests with flying colors, apparently. In Slovakia, developers say the, quote, air car was awarded an official certificate of airworthiness by the Slovak Transport Authority after 70 hours of rigorous flight testing, according to... Klein Vision. That's the company behind the dual-mode car aircraft vehicle. What to make of it all? Joining me now is Paul Godsmark, a specialist in emerging technologies and transportation with the Parsons Corporation. Welcome, Paul. Were you a Jetsons fan?
1: Um, Funnily enough, I didn't grow up with the Jetsons. In the UK, right. we had other crazy cartoons, but not the Jetsons. No. Right.
0: <laughs> I was gonna. I thought that might be the case, but flying cars—you know—the stuff of a child's imagination for sure. Um, now that it, we've seen these stories emerge, what do you make of, of this Slovakian flying car?
1: Well, I think it's an amazing piece of engineering. Truly, truly miraculous uh, what it does. But it's 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 a hybrid. It's it's not good at being a plane, and it's not good at being a car. But it does both. But is it what we really want? But if you wanted a fun toy, oh my goodness, can I have one, please? <laughs>
0: um, I mean, absolutely. I, I guess the hardest thing is to try and develop the best of both worlds. A car that's a good car and a, and a flying object that's a good flying object. I mean, how practical, from your standpoint, how practical are flying cars?
1: Well, yeah. Um... I think we're going to see a lot of them in the future. I think they make a lot of sense because they will be able to move us. Um, in Some trips will be so much more efficient with something that can fly. Uh, for instance, if you've crossed, got across a, a big deep valley, an estuary, a really wide river, um, then these things sort of start to make sense if you have to travel 100 kilometers on a round trip rather than just go over a mountain, they sort of make sense. Uh, And and they'll be much more accessible to the average person will just be able to make a trip more more easily. But I think they're going to be expensive, at least initially. Uh, And there's all sorts of technical issues around them of, of using them. So... I don't know how practical they will exist, and they will be practical for some, but whether they'll be practical for all, I don't know yet.
0: What was it that impressed you about this this I mean, this this Slovakian um, air car, quote unquote. What what about it sort of prompted you to think, oh, that 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 actually might work?
1: I I love the fact that if you saw it, if you saw the video, they managed to get it the wings fold. Uh, and the whole unit streamlines down into a car from a plane in two minutes and then back from that car shape into a plane and self-assembles in under two minutes. And it does look a lot like a car, uh, but also when it's flying, it does look impressive uh, in, in what it does. So in terms of the engineering, it's, it's true transformer style, um, you know, you know It just looks great at what it does, and it does it so slickly. And that's the thing. If it does it well and makes it look simple, then you know a lot of effort has gone into making it uh, and designing it.
0: It it all struck me as being quite James Bond to use another, uh, to use another reference, another cultural reference. Uh, I'm speaking with Paul Gartzmark, a specialist in emerging technologies and transportation with Parsons Corporation. We're talking about this air car that's been air tested in Slovakia, essentially a hybrid, but a flying car and a, you know, a flying car, a car and a flying vehicle. Um, I mean, if this ever comes about, what are the logistics of this? Do we all need pilot licenses?
1: Yeah, okay. So at the moment, something like this would definitely have to have a pilot's license. Uh, There's no way any of us should be taking off and and flying around without knowing the rules of of aviation. Uh, But the hope is that automation, autonomous flying cars uh, will allow any of us access to it because we won't be involved in the flying bit because the flying flying is all about safety i mean if you think about driving even if something goes wrong you really all you need to do is hit the brakes and that will slow you down and reduce the consequences of a crash but in one of these things if something goes wrong and you're up in the air uh, gravity isn't your friend so, um, it's really important that, you know, either you have a driving license or the thing is automated to, and and so it being automated, they'll all be as good as each other. And hopefully they'll all be better than the average person at flight.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, just experiences on, on roads in, in British Columbia make, might make you think twice about wanting to unleash the powers of free air of air travel for the average driver. But, uh, oh um, <laughs> I don't want to, think. We'll, see. we'll see, what infrastructure would be needed to make them useful, to make them, to bring the most out of, out of, say, a flying car, like the one we've seen in being tested in Slovakia?
1: Okay, so that that's a great question. I mean, it gets complicated. Uh, if they require a length, a bit of a length of runway to take off, then we're, uh, and then they're going to require an area of land where there aren't too many tall trees or tall buildings around, so like mini airports. But if they're vertical takeoff and landing, then they can take off and land off the tops of buildings, flat buildings. So it, it all depends on the type of uh, air vehicle that they are in in where they can take off and land and how much space they need. Um, So, and also even a simple version will probably take space to store. And so you've got to think about where are all these things going to be stored? Uh, If they're cars, they can obviously drive to where you want to go. But as I just said, cars, you know, these, when you're flying, every kilogram you lift off the ground takes a lot of energy. So if you're flying around four large wheels that you only ever use when you're on the road, why are you flying around those large wheels? That takes a lot of energy. So why would you do that? That's more cost. Uh, So yeah, the infrastructure requirements will vary enormously depending on the type of air air vehicle.
0: I'm back with Paul Godsmark, specialist in emerging technologies and transportation with Parsons Corporation. We were talking about electric cars and all kinds of futuristic stuff when my mic dropped out. So Paul, uh, speaking of technology, thanks for holding on. Um, I had asked you when I was dropped out, when I dropped, about uh, how close we are really to seeing flying cars, realistically.
1: Realistically, we're very close. But um, in terms of flying cars at scale that are useful and accessible to the public, yeah, we're a number of years away, and I'd, I'd hate to guess how many years away.
0: Well, the Jetsons had 2062. We still got 40 years to go. Paul, thanks so much for holding on uh, through that little break. And thanks for answering that last question. Thanks for your time.
1: Thank you very much.